you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Last evening, we began a conversation with Scott Hamilton. If you missed it, you can find it on our website or podcast. Tonight, we continue to learn how God's faithfulness works all things together for the good of those who love him. When Aiden was born, I realized that I really needed to, to, to like put that stake in the ground mm-hmm. and just like just do it. Mm-hmm. So Ken baptized me. Aiden was just a baby. Um, you know, uh, Tracy and I had really grown together in faith. Praise and, God. Uh, and, um, and I got done with the baptism and I was sitting in my car. I was headed back to the house to watch football. It was a Sunday. And uh, she was going out with her best friend and Aiden to have lunch. And she just said, um, how, do you, how do you feel? You know, it was like, it was almost like something had changed. Like there was a shift, like in everything about the way I was, I was, it it somehow shifted. And, and she just goes, how do you feel? And I just, I just thought about it for a second. I looked at her, I go, lighter. Because all that junk, all that, all the things that I did to separate myself from God and Jesus that I've been carrying around in a big, big, huge bag over my, it's just heavy. It's yeah. just heavy. And, you know, when in our design, I think God put into our, just our being, the fact that we're, we're more content. We're happier when we're in community with him. Amen. When we're in obedience to him, when yes. we truly understand his son, Jesus, yes. and how he came, why he came, um, everything that he he was meant to leave behind before his um, torture, humiliation, mm. death, and resurrection. Amen. All of that was to say, this is who I am. This is who he is. Yes. And I leave behind a spirit that you can totally tap into. Praise that God. Will bless you in ways that you can never even anticipate or imagine. Yeah. And my life is completely different now than Praise it was God. back then. Like it was, you know, I, I had success. I had, you know, all the stuff, right. It's all mm-hmm. the stuff. And that was kind of like, I, I call it the tail that wags the dog. Right. Yeah. It's all about being obedient to that yeah. instead of something that's really, truly going to, um, you know, bless my entire life. And then my life beyond my life. Right. Yes. And, and I just, I, I, I've been fascinated. And, and this book, you know, I've read it, I've studied it, I've done all the things, and it's been great. Um, but I decided that I really wanted to take my time and go cover to cover, but mm-hmm. going old, new Psalms, yeah. Proverbs, yep, yep. old, old, new, old, new, and kind yeah. of allow it to sort of take root in my being 
in a different way and to yes. truly understand the whole story. And it, yeah. and um, it was about a week ago. Um, I got I think Micah was the last book I read, and in it, you know, it's just ah, it's just it's so rich and it's so powerful and remarkable and beautiful and um it's like i went through all of that life without this Mm -hmm. like now (laughs) that part of my life just feels so empty yes but everything i stepped into and the blessing of that i got testicular cancer they talk about oh now you're gonna have chemo now you're gonna have Mm -hmm. surgery and you're Fertility is going to be a huge issue and we're going to have mm-hmm. to we'll tackle that when it comes, but mm-hmm. just know. And I meet this girl who wants to be a mother mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> are you ready to jump through some hoops? And she yeah. said at the end of the day, whatever, whatever it yeah. is. So we got engaged, married and pregnant in order in a span of three months. <laughs> Cause when it was time, it was time. Let's go. Let's yeah. just, get married. And it was remarkable that Aiden was born nine months and two days after we got married. The Lord blessed us in such a remarkable way. Amen. That it was that he was like, there was no fertility issues. It was like, but after that, you know, we figured, okay, we're not done yet. We want to have another Mm -hmm. child. Aiden was 14 months old, starting to feel a little puny, um, went back to the Cleveland clinic and they diagnosed a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. This was before I got baptized. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell Tracy and Mm -hmm. my new son, you know, he was, he wouldn't understand, but it was. Yeah. And she came to Cleveland. She always there to do a big benefit, cancer benefit that we do every year. Mm -hmm. And I I got this news and I had to share it with my, my, my wife and 14 month old son. And I just Mm -hmm. said, um, she goes, what's up? And I go, they, I, um, I have a brain tumor. And she took my hands and she started to pray. I can't even describe the power of that prayer. Amen. And how it rooted me mm-hmm. in Christ. Rooted me. In that moment, I knew there's nothing, nothing in my life is ever going to be anything but rooted in him praise Period. god that's yep. it i'm i'm done with with the you know all this other stuff I'm, I'm still going to participate because i've been uniquely um blessed to be able to do these wonderful things and i have a family yes. to support i'm still gonna but it's going to be a little different like my mm-hmm. intentionality everything is going to be a lot different and yeah. um so you know just came out of that i had a big hole in my head Mm-hmm. And it healed just enough where I could sit down with Ken and say, will you baptize me? Praise God. Said, okay, let's just talk about this. Are mm-hmm. you ready? And I said, yeah, yeah I'm ready. And so um, out of the brain tumor, you know, my faith increased greatly, but it had to be treated with radiation, mm-hmm. which uh, knocked out function in my pituitary, which now has a huge fertility implication and we wanted Mm -hmm. another child and we were really trying. So I injected myself uh, six times a week for two years, trying to create enough natural, whatever fertility Mm -hmm. or whatever to be able to, to be able to father another child. 
Mm-hmm. And after two years, it's very expensive. And it was mm-hmm. like, we're showing like nothing, 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 nothing. And I just, I said to Tracy, I go, is it okay if we, if I stop with the injections? Mm-hmm. And she said, if the Lord wants us to have another child, we'll have another child. Mm-hmm. Stop the shots. Let's just step in in faith. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me so much of Gideon. Nope, yes. too many guys. Too many guys. Nope, sorry. Too many guys. No, this has to be for my glory. No, yeah. it's like, okay, I, I, I chopped it. In. Nope, still too many guys. <laughs> okay, 300, okay, 300 is fine. So, you know, it, it's, I relate to that so much because there were so many obstructions and everything that we needed to set aside to be able to give God the glory in, yes. that, in that situation. So I stopped everything. We got on our knees. We prayed for another child didn't care son daughter we didn't care we just said mm-hmm. we just you know if it's your will if it's your will mm-hmm. let it be done so i went in for a months later i went in for a well visit and i was reading dave ramsey's book and i was at that part of the book where it talks about emergency funds mm-hmm. and i was like why am i why am i in the hospital getting scanned talking about emergency funds it's like okay something's afoot here and this is i don't yeah. feel good about this and normally when I have my scan, the doctor comes in, you know, within 15 minutes of me being in his office, you know, he's very efficient, very on it. Mm-hmm. And he gives me the results of the scan and I'm, you know, whatever I, I go home or I, whatever. And it was like 45 minutes, no Dr. Barnett. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm reading this book. I, and, and all these messages are coming at me, like things are, something's about to change and I got to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I was getting scared. And then Dr. Burnett poked his head in the room. He goes, where did you get your scan done? And I go, uh, uh, the new imaging center. And he goes, okay, all right, be right back. So he came back and he goes, sorry, uh, the, the new imaging center, it's, it's an updated machine. And it's a little crisper, a little cleaner, so I can see better. Everything's fine. Go home. I was like, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, so relieved. And I'm walking out of it. I turn my cell phone on. And I had a flip phone at the time Yeah. and a pixed message came up and I couldn't figure out what it said. Now, when, when we found out we were pregnant with Aiden, my first son, it was too, I just like, she had this pregnancy kit that was given to her as a joke, pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And there was this empty bag in a box there and she holds up this piece of plastic and it was, and I was like, what? She goes, it's positive. And I was like, Oh, oh." and I grabbed the bag and I was like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, so I just I was like passing out. And so I couldn't make out what the picture was coming out of this visit. And I, I go, what is that? And underneath in the text, all it said was, I hope you have a bag handy. Precious. And then I saw that it was a positive pregnancy test. And so Max, Max came out with flaming red hair. <laughs> now, I know that I was adopted, right? So I have no understanding of my, sure. you know, whatever. I always wondered, you know, I mean, if, if you know, it's, I, I had no idea. I mean, if somebody told me I was Japanese, I couldn't deny it because I have no idea, <laughs> you know, what my, my heritage is. And, um, and he came out with red hair, and I'm thinking, huh, I'm Irish. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and it, it just everything. 
comes into focus. And then, you know, we still felt like, you know, it's like, we're happy where God has given us everything, everything we need. And two, you know, two years later, the earthquake happened in Haiti Mm -hmm. and it ignited my, my wife's heart in, Mm -hmm. in ways that I I've never seen. She was desperate to get there to do Mm -hmm. anything, you know, in a matter of 30 minutes, 250,000 people were killed in this earthquake and it was just devastating Mm -hmm. and so um you know we 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 were told to wait there's a lot of people there right now that are doing the work and we you know as a rookie we just be in the way right Mm -hmm. so wait wait six months and the need will present itself and so she started going down to serve the people of haiti and you know on medical missions and she would treat scabies and she'd hold babies and Mm -hmm. she'd feed and she'd do these things and help with cuts and all these mm-hmm. things she was just, and she was on, I've never seen her so happy in my life. She was just this like what cancer ignited in me, you know, for this, mm-hmm. like this change and this, like I've never been more alive than that. Yeah. Like that's, you know, Haiti brought that out of her where she's never been so alive. Yeah. And in that, you know, um, she met two children. Um, uh, it was actually my son picked out, one of the boys on a Christmas tree who, you know, they had all these ornaments from the orphanage, these pictures and names, and you, you just take an ornament and you buy them Christmas. So yeah. I said, who's that? Well, that's John Paul. She goes, tell me about John Paul. Cause he had a big smile on his face in his picture. And she said, Oh, he's so, he's so you'd like him Aiden, because he's very athletic. He's just a little older than you, but he's very athletic and he, Oh, he's so happy. And he's very funny. And he's just, he's just really wonderful. You we're going to get him Christmas, Aiden said. And so he said, all right. And she goes, oh, and um, the woman that ran the organization said, also, um, he has a little sister, um, Eveline, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you may want to get her Christmas too. And we said, okay, we'll get John Paul and Eveline Christmas. Great. And um, so Tracy, you know, bought all the things and took, you know, went down for her first trip to, mm-hmm. to Haiti and met, met, John Paul showed him the video that she shot of Aiden saying hi to him and connecting Aiden to John Paul. And she, he never left her side. And then Evelyn would be on the other side. And every time she went down to serve, they would come and they'd sit with her and be with her. And then there was this, this thing happening and, and we were in LA and she was feeling really troubled. She just had this, she was in a funk. And then um, we landed in her phone. She looked and there was a message and it was from the woman that ran the organization. She's like, I wonder what's up. And so she started listening to the message. And then her eyes just filled up with tears. And she started crying. I go, what's, is everything okay? Is everything all right? Is, is, what's, what's going on? And she just said, oh, that wasn't from Lori. That was from Jean-Paul. Is he okay? He's great. What's wrong? She goes, he's our son. We have to bring him home. Neveline, we have to bring them home. I said, great, let's do this. And so it took us two years and it took a lot of networking and it took a lot of miracles and a lot of, you know, we get denied and we just, we look at each other and say, okay, how long is that going to last? And then the denial would be moved and then we'd move forward. And then it's, you know, one thing after another. And so, you know, we, eight years ago, we brought them home and praise God we're now a family of four and it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful it was funny the night before I went down my first time 
I had a vivid dream that Evelyn and I were going to be very close. Mm-hmm. I just had this vivid dream of her. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was just, and Tracy goes, well, just to, you know, manage your expectations. She really doesn't engage, you know, like that, you know, she kind of, she does her thing and she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's just sort of quiet and very sort mm-hmm. of removed and just don't get your hopes up. I said, okay. And so we flew in and we took the two hour drive to Tomazo and, um, I take one step out of the the van that we drove mm-hmm. in and two arms went around my waist and I looked down and it was Evelyn. Praise God. And she never left my side. Praise the Lord. Every time we were at the university, she was always with me. Yeah. And to this day, she's 18 years old now. And I went to see her soccer game this morning and she's lovely and smart and um, funny and, and mm-hmm. just light. She's beautiful and praise God. She's grown into this amazing woman. And, mm-hmm. and she, you know, I was thinking maybe she wants to be a lawyer and she has one more year of school till college. And she's, do I want to go to this school? It's gotta be warm. I'm not going North. We're going to be <laughs> South or West. I'm not going. And it's just, you know, just to see the journey of these, these children, you yeah. know, it's, it's remarkable and praise God. And, um, I have a daughter and, um, you know, I'm just, it's just such a blessing. Yeah. Scott, yeah. absolutely magnificent story of what God has done. I want to mention a couple of things that you have not mentioned. Um, you learned later that your size was related to a pituitary <laughs> yeah. tumor. Yeah. yeah. And that God had actually used a real problem in order to prepare you for the world stage. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so crazy that, you know, I, you know, I I go, you know, back, I was adopted at six weeks of age. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt like a puppy that wasn't about to be a puppy anymore. It was like one of those things of, you know, it's like, what took so long? You know, but I had, (laughs) it was the right parents. Right. And, my dad was an amazing man, a PhD professor of biology, ROTC guy that, you know, um, was a lieutenant and mm-hmm. it's all, you know, he just was a very disciplined guy, never took a drink in college and was very mm-hmm. dedicated and got his mm-hmm. PhD quick, got tenure quick at Bowling Green State University, just everything has happened. Mm-hmm. My mom was a nurturer. She was a second grade school teacher. So um, they wanted a big family. My mom would take a child to term and the, the, the child would die at birth and it happened twice. And she just wasn't going to let that happen again. So mm-hmm. adoption was the best thing. So I was adopted, but I, I, I was small. I was always small. And then I stopped growing and I stopped showing signs of stress. Like I was at a distended stomach, no muscle development. Mm-hmm. It was really, really kind of awful. Um, and so I did a four year journey from hospital to hospital to hospital to hospital to try to find out what was wrong and they could never figure it out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really glad they didn't because mm-hmm. my life would look a lot different. If, you know, yes. I was treated in the mid sixties instead of the, you know, the two thousands yes. for this condition. So I found skating to give my parents a morning off yeah. from, you know, all the stress that I'd caused them with all these, these mm-hmm. maladies. And um, so to give them a morning off, there's a brand new skating rink at the university where they taught local children how to skate. There's like a hundred kids in the program or more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to the rink the first day and I was like, I had a nose tube because I was being fed a supplement through my nose because I wouldn't drink mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, 
And they looked at me like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, well, I mean, you've never been fed to your nose before. I mean, what, uh, <laughs> come on, really? So, um, yeah. So I started skating and I realized in a, in several weeks that I could skate as well kids. And it was my first taste of self-esteem. And then I realized a few weeks later that I could skate as well as the best athletes in my grade. And now I had an identity for the first yes. time. Yeah. And so I, I, I want to be at the rink all the time here. And it was just remarkable that the further I got into it, the greater my health became. Like I yes. just started growing again. I started processing food properly. I started mm -hmm. just my muscle development just spiked. All those things it was miraculous. And so I was like, okay, this works. We're going to do a lot of that. We're just going to yeah. keep doing this because this works. As and if you were made for that. I know. Isn't that crazy? And so, I, you know, I, 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 I was able, I was afforded the opportunity to fail epically mm -hmm. and often to the point where those muscles of, 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 you know, just sort of answering, you know, that failure with maybe a higher level of intensity or whatever, yes. you know, I, I, again, I was lost. I, I had no compass. I was just sort yeah. of trying to figure it out. And my first nationals, Janet Lynn, that I told you that mm -hmm. was her last year of competitive skating. They put the little novice boys event as the event right before the senior ladies championship. Mm -hmm. Again, she was the most popular woman athlete in the world. Yeah. Standing room only 17,500 people. And they, I had to skate in front of that many people. I'd never seen that many people in my life ever anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I joked that I rose to the occasion <laughs> five times. I fell five <laughs> times in a three minute program and I came in dead last. And the next year I went back and I came in next to last. And then I decided to go up to juniors and I came in, you know, I beat two guys. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm at the bottom. I'm always at the yeah. bottom, but it taught me that I'm not afraid. I, I should never be afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. Just learn and grow and just figure things out. And, and persevere. Then, and persevere. And my mom, after that seventh place finish, my first year in juniors at the nationals, mm -hmm. she came home with a cancer diagnosis, mm -hmm. very cheerful, very happy. And I thought, well, I thought cancer was a bad thing. Nobody even really wants to say the word, you know, mm -hmm. this is 75. And she just said, I'm going to have some treatments and a little medicine, maybe some surgery. And, but I just need some help around the house. So, um, and then she looked at me and she said, uh, you missed Dranger. Yes, ma'am. She said, we're basically bankrupt. We can mm. keep you in skating one more year. You'll graduate high school after. <laughs> then next year, you can go to Bowling Green State University. We're both professors there now. And you, we can afford free. And so, blah, 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 blah. so I ended up winning junior nationals that year. It was crazy. Get a sponsor. And all those years forward, just never knowing, like any, having any, any understanding of why, what, you know. And then I, I'm diagnosed with a brain tumor. And they... They tell me what type it is, and they, it's craniopharyngioma. And they handed Tracy some materials on it, and they said, we're going to come up with a treatment plan, but mm -hmm. check this out. And they, in that, they get, Tracy goes, oh, listen to this. Craniopharyngiomas are usually detected early in a child's life due to a lack of growth and development. Mm -hmm. And the light just went on. It was like, I was born with this brain tumor? She goes, yeah, children are born with this brain tumor you've had this since you were born. Mm -hmm. Isn't that remarkable? And I said, that, that was, that's what put me in the hospital for four years. That's what put me on the ice. That's what made me this size. That's what mm -hmm. allowed for me to be this physical. Uh, wow. 
that brain tumor may allow everything to happen. Yeah. So is it a bad thing? <laughs> no, it was a blessing. So sometimes yes. the things that come into our lives that we think are curses are actually there to bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. Amen. Scott Hamilton, thank you so much. We are deeply grateful for My your pleasure. sharing your testimony. So open, so transparent, and uh, and so powerful. So thank We're you. We're all in this thing much. together. We have to we have to bring as many people in as we possibly can. And, Amen. and for those outside the faith world, sometimes it, for them it feels like we're speaking another language. But if yeah. you know that we lead with love yeah. constantly, that I think that will bring more people to to Jesus than anything else. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.